This is Tony Tanisco here with Kyle Kecker. Kyle. Right here, boy. And this is Millennials Perspectives, episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, this week we're going to have some interesting stuff for you. Uh, we got a lot of goodies today. Kyle, what's our uh, first topic going to be today? We are going to be talking about a very controversial issue that is not talked about enough, I think, in my opinion, and it is about white privilege. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to let Kyle talk, we talk, we're going to have our debate again, and um, we all, I think me and Kyle both know this is a sensitive subject for most. Mm -hmm. Um, It is very controversial, like he said, so we're going to keep it, um, you know, as clean, I guess. I don't even know if that's the right word, but like mellow yeah, as just, possible. Yeah, just we're just not, not trying to offend anyone, mm-hmm. so I know it's a sensitive subject, but we're just making it out there. It's just, you know, just about the information purposes and educating. It's nothing beyond that. Me and Kyle are both, um, you know, we're, we're not racist or anything. We don't have anything against people, so yeah. we don't want people to be perceived that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Kyle, what did you think? Um, yeah, so actually when you when you texted me, you know, oh, we should do this, I'm like, oh, you know what, that's a pretty good idea. Um, because, um, you know, we, we do live in a, you know, in a actual melting pot uh, in, you know, in the United States where we have a lot of different people, a lot of different perspectives on life. Um, and I, I think white privilege does need to be talked about uh, because I think it's, a, and Tony thinks so too, it's a very important issue that, um, that needs to be talked about. So I'm going to start off from my perspective. So... I looked up the actual definition of white okay. privilege. All right. Are you good? Yeah. Yeah. And sorry. It's it's I actually looked it up. It's a it's a noun, and it's quoted as the quantitative advantageness or advantage of whiteness. Of, which, of whiteness. Yes, of whiteness. I I kind of laughed at that a little <laughs> bit because it's like it's not something that you would really seem to quantify, but it's it's true. And as I was doing some research on it, it actually kind of makes sense. But before I delve into the stats, which is going to be the bulk of my argument, because I, I think stats, um, you know, really do tell a story. Right. Um, I'm going to say it kind of from my perspective first. So, the United States, we were, we have always been a society, I think, that has disadvantaged minorities, in favor of white people, and and the, the and the reason why I say this is because, if you look back at our nation's history. Think back to the, you know, to the to the early plantings of America, 1600s, 1700s, when we were like, you know, trying to actually build up our society. Think of the 1800s too, when we had slavery and other things of that nature, where black people were um, enslaved and you know, kind of built the country from the ground up. Actually, built the Washington Monument for you know, for example. How ironic is that? Um, you know. There are, there are minorities in this country that have suffered kind of from the beginning, and even though it has gotten better in modern times, humans have, you know, you know modernized over time. We don't have really any huge, huge wars anymore like we once did. Um, you know, we, we are more civil as a society, but I still think that minorities still get kind of the short end of, you know, short end of the stick, for lack of a better term, in this country in favor of white people. So that's just from my perspective, and I'm going to lay out a couple of stats uh, to kind of back my claim. So there's a couple categories that I think you can quantify uh, white privilege in this country. And the first is in education. Okay. I was reading this good article on The Root, uh, by this, and, and, uh, and the article's titled, Yes, You Can Measure White Privilege. The opening sentence is this. 
If education is the key to success, then there is no debate that whites have the advantage in America. It goes on to say that in 2012, the Department of Education reported that about 33% of all white students attend a low poverty school, while only 6% attend high poverty schools. In comparison, only 10% of black students attend a low poverty school, while more than 40% of black students attend high poverty schools. Now, that's a lot of words, and I'm going to make it you know, a little more simple for you guys. Basically, if you're a white student, you are much less likely to attend a high poverty school. And if you are a black student, you are much more likely to attend a high poverty school. Now, I think of this as a really, really, really big disparity because education, I think, is the key to success, or at least one of the many keys. I think that if you are better educated and you get a degree, you are, you are better suited for... Uh, for life, you know, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, because it, you know, studies have shown and stats have shown that if you do get a job with a degree, you will earn more over a lifetime, and education is the root of that. Black students are more than six times more likely than white students to attend a high poverty school, and I think that's really, 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 really discouraging. Now, the logical response to this for whites to explain the disparity away from stats of black unemployment and the, and, and the minority wage gap, but that might not be true. Because in 2015, a research scientist named David Mokensis examined 500 school districts in Pennsylvania and found that regardless of the level of income, the more black students, the less money a school received. So that's another big thing. Employment. Also, this is really, really big. The unemployment rate for African Americans as of April 7th was 8.1% for blacks and 4.3% for whites. Now, there are some who will say that blacks should study harder, black people should study harder, but it cannot be explained by such simple educational disparities. Because it says that in 2015, a study by the Center for Economic and Policy Research showed that whites with the exact same resumes as their black uh, counterparts are, high, are hired at double the rate. And a white man with a criminal history is more likely to be hired than an African-American man with no criminal past. Which I think is really disheartening because if you have a criminal record, you should, I mean, regardless of your race, regardless of your creed, your, you know, skin color, you should at, you should be at an automatic disadvantage because of the criminal, uh, you know, of your criminal past. I think that's really, really bad. Also, one last thing, income. Let's say a black man somehow gets a great education and finds a job. And surely that means he'll find a, or no, and surely that means that the playing field is going to be level. Not so fast. Researchers at the EPI found that black men with 11 to 20 years of work experience earned 23% less than their white counterparts, and black women with 11 to 20 years of experience were paid 12.6% less than white women with the same amount of experience. So I think that when you combine education, when you combine employment, and when you combine income, I think that there is such thing as white privilege in this country. Okay. All right. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I like the. I, I thought uh, a lot of your sources. I. Uh, because uh, I use the same um, National Career for Policy analysis mm -hmm. as well. Um, and I think uh, uh, you're wrong. I don't okay. think white privilege exists. But at okay. the same point, you know, some people will probably say, but, you know, you're two white men, you mm -hmm. know. So obviously, what well, I do know, and a lot of people say you wouldn't know it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I did my own research. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know that white people do not have the highest income. Asians do. According to the Institute on Assets of Social Policy, uh, the Asian income is uh, per year is fifty-seven thousand a year, mm -hmm. whereas white people, on average, is forty-eight thousand dollars a year. Mm -hmm. 
And then if you break it down even into ethnicities, you can really see the gaps in between income. Japanese, 70000 a year. French Americans, only $63,000 a year. Iranian, $66,000 a year. But Dutch, $59,000 a year. So you can actually see that it's not that white people have the majority because they don't. The stats are proving it per year. And then I went so far as to, with from the same uh, source, the ethnic groups that make the most household income by ethnicity mm. in order is Indian Americans, Filipino, and then Taiwanese Americans. Mm. So, you know, you're never going to hear it, but Asian privilege sounds more sense if you're going based off economical standpoints because they make the most money. White people don't make the most money. Mm. And then you're saying black people don't have, on average, compared to white people, they make less per year. Mm. But Nigerian Americans make $61,000 per year compared to what? The French... Uh, yeah, the French Americans who are making fifty nine, or the Dutch Americans who are making fifty nine thousand dollars a year. So why? So the real question is, why do these particular black ethnicities tend to be more well off than other black black ethnicities, and then and even some white ethnicities? Um, I believe that it's personally. I think it's based on everyone's decisions. It's it's even been statistically proven that your decisions that you make as an individual will affect your. Um, income rate as a person, right? And we talked about that last week with the wage gap. So the, uh, the source you brought up, the National Center for Policy Analysis, came up with steps to avoid poverty. They actually titled their article, How Not to Be Poor. And there's two things a person should not do in order to not be poor. One, stay in school. But if we look at the college dropout rates, blacks drop out 31% of the time, whereas whites only drop out 14% of the time. So just based on that, is it no surprise that whites are making more money than blacks it's because of the drop away there's a lot more into it but just looking at that and those who finish a college uh, finish some college whether it be a tech school or a four-year de uh, degree university only 6.6 percent of those who finish college fall below the poverty line so education does play an important role so it's not you know crazy to think that blacks are making less because they're dropping out almost basically twice the rate mm -hmm. right but but if you look at this 17% of Nigerian Americans have master's degree. No wonder they're doing well. It's just based on their culture. So, and then the second thing to do if you're a person and not want to be poor is to prepare to be a parent as much as you can if you're going to be a parent, okay? 72% of black, black households are headed by a single mother, but only 25% of white households are headed by a single mother. Mm -hmm. So you can really see this. And even Asians, 17% are headed by a single mother. So it's obvious that black people are or black people are going to have less income per year when 72% of them are single mothers. So you only have one income compared to whites who only the the majority of them have two incomes. So of course, on average, the whites are going to be making more. So and it's not the white man who's causing these people to be fatherless, you know? Like, we can't just decide that the father's going to get up and leave or whatever the cause may be. So that's not the white man. So I don't believe white privilege exists because we are not the majority income makers. And it's based on pure decision. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just don't understand why people think that, you know, society is bred or like is for white people you know white people aren't even the most racist based on statistics i'll say this real quick um there was a metadata analysis of, uh, of worldwide surveys asking people simple questions such as would you be okay living next to someone of different color or race or culture you know mm -hmm. um and the top three uh, of the top of the top 25 the top three was india 
Bahrain or Bahrain, and then Lebanon. So, in that order, over in India, 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 they're more racist than ever over here. The only white ethnicity that was listed on the top twenty-five that was anywhere remotely racist was Russia and they were listed as 20 mm. so they're not even the worst so and no western country was on the top 25 not America because we're the most diverse you said we we're a melting pot mm-hmm. so that's why I don't think that you know white privilege exists Okay, I think it's a, a point, finger to point at someone so you you referenced the fact that Asian Americans are they make more money on average than white people do in, in the country. And yeah, that I will yes. not disagree with you on because I did look at the stats and that's true. However, I will say something. Even though the Asian Americans are lauded as a quote-unquote model minority, I found this on a website that I was researching on. Okay. Asian Americans, they rarely rise to positions high in the workplace. According to this article that I found, only 8 of the Fortune 500 companies have Asian American CEOs making up 1.6% of CEO positions while Asian Americans are 4.8 of the population. Yeah, but they're still making $70,000 a year. So it's like even if they're not making going into high positions, they have to be doing something right because, I mean, they drop out of school less. They have higher incomes than everyone. I mean, Indian Americans are the top income makers. I don't know exactly what their number is exactly. The, the chart didn't show it. But Indian Americans make the most out of any ethnic group out there. So... Even if they're not going to high positions like a CEO, that doesn't mean you can't make a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know how much that actually proves. I mean, I'm sure the stats is right, but I don't know how much that actually you know, proves with that. I think everything is based on your decision. And I think when people say, oh, white privilege, you know, I didn't get the job because, you know, he's white. When someone chooses someone... Because someone's white, like if I'm a boss and I go and like let's say there's a white man and a black man and everything about them is the same, just the only thing different is their skin color. Mm -hmm. Like they have like the same haircut, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and if I choose the white man purely because he's white, that makes me a racist. That's not white privilege, you know, and personally, if I knew I was chosen just because I was white, I don't think I would want to work for someone like that. Honestly, that's my opinion. But But, it's it's proven by the statistics in which I was saying it, though, because I'll, I'll reference it again. A 2015 study by the Center for Economic and Policy Research showed that whites with the exact same resumes for the exact same job positions as their black counterparts are higher at double the rate. I don't know how much of that is attributed to inward racism or anything like that. That's that's, that's pretty cheesy. But you got to also remember that we are the majority. So they're the minority. So when we say double the rate... Double the rate. that, That already accounts for the population advantage. Are you sure? I'm very positive it does. And the, you, well, the, the rate, are, because because that would be a counting statistic. Rate accounts for numbers okay. already and, and mass. Okay, but I'm not saying that there's not people out there who discriminate. Because it's already illegal mm-hmm. to discriminate against race, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't do that, especially in the workplace. You can't, you know, favor one race over another. You can't do that. So, I guess my question to you is... What do we need to do specifically? Like, what do we need to do if, because you believe white privilege exists, Mm -hmm. what do we need to do to actually stop this? Because racism won't go away. If you think racism racism will ever go away, you're a fool. Oh, yeah. But what do we have to do? What do you think we have to do to stop this? Because I don't think it's real. I think it's just, um, you know... A blame game really I think it's blame just a point to say you know what I'm not doing well because he's white you know that's what I think it is and but so what do you think that we need to do specifically to stop uh, white privilege or you know 
help it, whatever you would say. Well, because say. I, I certainly think that minorities do have have the disadvantage in this country. It's it's all in the facts. I mean, you talk about education, income, status, anything like that. But why do they have the, the, the disadvantage? It's because of their decisions. I don't think it's because of the decisions. I think, right. that's, see, I think that's oversimplified. See, but that's when you go wrong. It, it's not. It's it's really based within the culture of the people, especially the black community. The black community is not doing well. I hope you know that, right? They're not doing well. So you gotta think it's based on your decisions. And sadly, it's kind of sometimes how their culture is. Not everyone. I'm not generalizing. I just want to understand that it's not everyone. But there are people, and they're allowed. Uh, a very you know persuasive people out there, and it just kind of flows through the community where it's okay for certain things like that, or they think it's okay. So it's not like the white man are putting them down, or we've built this on a white society. I think that's just a false way to think of it. I, I, I and I think it is because I mean, we we were built on the backs of slave labor, slave labor. Right, but we're not that anymore. I know, but I'm saying though. That because that was how we built up our society, as sad as it is, that's how we built up our society. And it's very, very difficult to get tendencies out of people to think that black people and other minorities are somehow lower than white people in society. It's very difficult to do something like that. Because we because slavery and other things of that and also general discrimination against minorities like Latin Americans too – that has been firmly entrenched in our society ever since we became a country. So it's very hard to get out of that kind of kind of generalization. Yeah. But- Even though the things are so much better now, the fact of the matter is that because we started out somewhere, it's very hard, bordering on impossible, to shake people of their of the ways they think. Yeah, but like you, you bring up slavery and yeah and all that stuff, but like at the same time, there's not a single person alive who was a slave owner. Or is a slave that. anymore? And you know, I'm just saying that out loud. But like, people always talk about, oh, my people was enslaved. But I'm like, you weren't. And you know, America was bad at that time. I can admit that. You know, white privilege used to exist. I can admit that. You know, you know, it was built for white people. Like, if you were black, it's not gonna go. Or if any color, whatever it is, you're not gonna go unless you're white. You know. If you're saying that, but it used to exist. It doesn't exist anymore because we've we've grown as a society. We've grown as a country because we are still the greatest country in the world because your rates of being successful when you come here go up but once you go anywhere outside of the country your rates for success dramatically go down and why is that it's because america is like the greatest place to achieve the american dream and do what you gotta do but you gotta put the work into it which i don't think a lot of people do i i think the american dream is although it's a good idea in theory i think it's very naive it's achievable, I, I think though. at its core. It's achievable, but for every success story, especially for minorities, for every success story, you have 100 stories of failure. And I think the answer to the question— But the people question, who stay down are the ones who give up. And when you give up, why do you deserve it's so not, much? It's not that simple. It's not that simple, but you're saying, you know, but hey— you know what? That's just me. That's from my perspective. That, that's from your perspective. Mm-hmm. But let us know what you think. We know it's a sensitive subject. Let us know what you think about white privilege. Do you think it exists? Do you think there's anything we could do about it? Let us know on Twitter. All right. So and yes, that yeah. All right. So I think we should go into uh, technology next. Yeah. I normally we go into music, but um, so Kyle's got some stuff. I got some stuff. I think I'm gonna bring it in with um. Uh, the new Uber Eats. Um, if everyone knows Uber, it's obviously the driving service that you could pay. It's, I think it's sometimes a little bit cheaper than a taxi if you're just trying to go place is. to place. You know, 
but they're actually a failing company. You know, it's not a good business model to go off of, but they've just introduced Uber Eats, which um, you can pay the Uber driver to actually deliver you food or actually stop on the way to your place, mm-hmm. but you have to tr- pay him extra, so you're going to be paying like an extra like however many bucks for your like number two meal at McDonald's, uh-huh. right? Two so, cheeseburgers. Yeah. So, oh, dude, I love yes, my number I two. love it so much. Oh, man, dude, man, you're making me hungry. Anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I think that this app is actually causing us to even be more lazy, like, you know, making it even more easier to get food. Like, I know we already have, like, food that's delivered, like, pizza and stuff like that, but, like, insomnia cookies, oh, my God, that's the <sighs> worst place ever. When uh, you visit me, I, I see you. We're going to do that again. Yeah. Uh, I just think that, you know, it's just making us lazier. So now you can get fast food delivered to you because mcdonald's doesn't deliver like that you know mm-hmm. i know jimmy john says but like even worse fast food and i think it's just going to encourage the american people to be yeah eat more and all that stuff and i just i don't think it's good for us to be doing this what do you think you know i, I you know i think uber eats is a um it's certainly not a surprising development in our society i think that you know we, i mean because uber has been a staple of our kind of society for a couple of years now. I mean, if you need to go somewhere and you don't feel like taking you know, taking a taxi and if you don't have a ride, you know, take Uber. Uber I mean I've taken an Uber once or twice and it, it, it helps. Um, although I, I do agree with you though. I, I do think that the concept of Uber Eats, um, you know, although it is a matter of convenience and a very cool idea in theory, I think, you know, if if you want something, just go out and get it. I think that's my thing. And, you right, know, if, if yeah. you're if you're like really hungry you know, just take your own car. But, I mean, hey, but, you know, shit happens. Some people don't have a car, but, like, exactly. hey, like I'm thinking about, it, like, dude, like, McDonald's is already cheap enough. Am I really going to be sitting at home and be like, damn, dude, like, I really need some chicken chicken yeah. McNuggets, man. And we just have a McDonald's just down the street. And, you're, like, it just makes me so late think that I would do it. Like, I haven't been to that McDonald's. I won't go. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that, <laughs> well, I, won't, been that I won't drive, like, the mile it is to get to the nearest McDonald's to do it. So I don't know if it's really a good idea. I don't like that delivery i think it just makes it too easy where i think you know we're already having self like driveless cars and stuff like that so i think we're becoming like less intelligent as a a race to be honest but well that's going into i I think a totally different well yeah but just i think it's just not helping the cause just in general i can see that i guess yeah, but, you know, that's just me. But uh, what do you got for us, Kyle? My piece of tech news is really interesting. It's not about a device or anything like in weeks past. It's more of a it's more of a thing that I found in general. So the White House asked Apple, Google, and other tech giants to help upgrade the federal government and how they use technology, which I think is pretty cool. So a little bit of a backstory on this. Um, the White House's newest plan meshes with um, existing government teams, including 18F, which is an initiative launched by former President Barack Obama to help the lumbering federal bureaucracy improve the way it buys and uses technology. Of course you love this. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm not, you know, honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of the White House and or really? Trump in general, but, you know, um, or I mean the current White House, I say, but I think this is a pretty good thing they're doing. Um, so basically, I, and I'm quoting this, the White House has asked the likes of Apple, Amazon, Oracle, and Qualcomm to lend some of their digital expertise to Washington, D.C. in the coming months to help the Donald Trump administration rethink the way that federal agencies use technology. And that, I think, is super important because whenever you think of the federal government, you think of bureaucracy, you think of red tape, you think of sometimes you think of you know general lack of efficiency 
as well. Sometimes it takes a lot of you know a lot of time to get stuff done. But I think that when they're trying to modernize the federal government by using these you know tech giants like Apple and Amazon, I think that I think that's that's a pretty good idea. You know because you would think that the government would be like the most efficient thing. Right. You know yeah. to try to facilitate things well, and, they, and that they would have the most modern technology. Hey, well, modern technology. I'm sure there's technology that they're hiding from us. Honestly, I mean, a- aliens, dude. Oh my god, that'd I mean, be so awesome. I, there's a lot of stuff you don't know, but I think we, I think the government ha- knows about a lot more tech that we don't know. Honestly, I think they, they, I, it's possible. But yeah, no, I, th- I, I don't know. That sounds good. I yeah. have to look into it. But it sounds good. It sounds like it's a good thing to do how they use technology because you know how we use it is very important. I mean, we use it in our everyday. So I think that I think that's good. I think that the, it's good that the big companies are willing to contribute. I'd have to read into it a little bit more, mm-hmm. but from the surface, it sounds okay. Yeah. And I think I would be down for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. So now we're going to get into uh, this week's music segment. Mm-hmm. So, what do you got for us on uh, music, Kyle? Got a couple good songs. Rap album. Yes. Uh, Well, not necessarily from a rap album itself. I'm just talking about a couple other songs that I have found that I've been told about uh, in the last couple days, and they are really, really good. So, ABC One Two Three by Michael Jackson. Well, the Jackson. That was gonna be my first song, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, anything Uh, by Michael Jackson. I'm a fan (laughs) of. Rest in peace, uh, Mike. But anyway. so, I think I've told you guys about the rapper Dave East in the past. Dave East is mm-hmm. a, uh, I, actually I think I have, from, uh, he's a rapper from the East Side. He's from New York. I believe he's from, might be from the Queens of the Bronx. I don't remember. Um, he released a new song with Chris Brown a couple days ago called Perfect. And I, I really like this song because it details, you know, what he likes to see in a woman that he wants all on the sickest beat ever. It gives you chills down your spine. I guarantee you. Um, I have Spotify, and Spotify is a great music app. Um, I have too. It's yes, amazing. It's, it's fantastic. It's better than Napster, better than Apple Music in my Napster. opinion. Napster, oh my God. Um, my family still uses Napster. Oh my God. Uh, I don't know why, but anyway. <laughs> anyway um, for those of you who like explicit rap music like I do with all the bad Ooh, words that bad may be unsuitable here. for some audience members, Ooh, um, Kyle. <laughs> I think uh, you guys might be disappointed because right now only the edited version is out. Um, but you, I guess you can fill in the blanks. Go give it a listen. Perfect by Davies featuring Chris Brown. You will not be disappointed, especially if you're in your feels. Uh, also, a very interesting combination that my friend told me about. How would you guys think if Macklemore and Lil Yachty teamed up for a song? But they did. It's called Marmalade. Um, or how it's Marmalade or Marmalade. I, I guess it can be pronounced both ways. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh. So, wow. Mar- <laughs> so, you know what? I'm just going to say Marmalade. Um, I don't really know what the song's about. It just sounds good. Hashtag uh, no judge. <laughs> he's been a controversial rapper. Um, I personally like him. I think he's got a couple of good songs. Lil, and Lil Yachty, of course, he's the king of the teens. I would definitely go recommend the song Marmalade by Macklemore featuring Lil Yachty. I think it's pretty cool. Um, in other news, Amine, who did the song, um, oh, what was it? Um, uh, shoot, I have, to, I have to look it up really you quick because that's, that's, that's going to kill me. Shut up. That's going to kill me. What is it? Oh, Caroline. Caroline. It's got 250 million views on Spotify. Oh. Caroline, um, which is a really good song, he released a new album called Good For You, and it's got a couple good songs in there, such as Wedding Crashers, so I would recommend those songs as well. And then, also, one of my friends heard this song on the radio. He told me about it. I was like, I'm going to give it a listen. Looks good. All right. It's called All Right by Chevy Woods. 
Chevy Woods has only 200,000 Spotify followers, but this song bangs. Just play it on the radio. You will not be disappointed. It is a banger. And, um, yeah, that's all I have for rap songs this week. I'm already disappointed. You're always disappointed, right? let's be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no. Uh, definitely check that out if you're thinking for the new rap scene. You know, we got the whitest white man ever telling you what you should listen to is rap. But, yeah. You know, it's okay. It's okay. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, this week for my music suggestion, um, it was actually kind of funny because I actually listened to them yesterday because just like Spotify, like they got that Discover uh, button right there and I just kind of switched mm-hmm. through it and I go to the metal section, obviously. I'm like, you know what? Because I really want to be open with... Uh, what I'm talking about, you know, and trying new things and, you know, always giving new bands a shot. So, um, this one's kind of a popular band that I just never thought, I'm like, yeah, they're probably nothing called, um, Hollywood Undead. You've probably heard of them. They're kind of, um, I know they're they're pretty, they're pretty well known, I would say. And I'm just kind of now getting into it a little bit. Uh, but I was just on Spotify and the song came on. They have a new song coming out called Five. Um, and this new single is uh, California California Dreaming. It sounds like a radio hit, but it's, I mean, it's pretty pretty good. And I I was digging it. It's got like a rap flow, like a heavier, more like metal. Um, I don't know, like I, I wouldn't even say like a part, but he does uh, kind of not really, but like they're they were kind of rapping it. I'll play one for you after this, and then uh, my one of my favorite songs that I listen to is called Undead uh, Hollywood Undead right mm-hmm. huh, funny <laughs> uh, but they actually um, sample Crazy Train's main riff into it but they use a synthesizer instead of a guitar and I'm like, and they gave Ozzy credit and all that stuff which I appreciate I mean, I'm like man this sounds like Crazy Train and it was actually really good I actually appreciate it it was really yelling and all that stuff so if you guys are really into that I definitely tell you to check Hollywood Undead if you want something a little bit new but a little bit familiar as well so now move on to the thought of the day kind definitely, of what's that today yeah guys definitely do that if you're a metalhead like Tony definitely check those songs out sounds pretty good the long hair is coming back hashtag so thrash yeah I thought the hair was coming back for me but you know I got oh, that dude, fade going you got this nice cut though thanks dude yeah hey if you need a haircut Go to Sport Clips, the one no, on 95th no, Street. No, don't go to Sport Clips. Sport don't. Clips is good. Sport Clips, they don't care about your hair. They have never... They don't care about your hair. They don't care about you. I, I'm, I, I'm glad because <laughs> I, I get great haircuts when I you know, get I them. get coupons for there all the time. Right, because they're cheap. Actually, they're not. Screw, screw Sports Clips. How much do you pay for your haircut? $17. Oh my God. That's why you don't get a good haircut. You just said that. That's counterintuitive to what like, you just I pay like 25 Oh, you're right. You're, you're right. I did say the other way. No, you're paying too cheap for your haircut. It's good though. No, it's not good. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> all right. So, um, I went to Tony about this thought of the day. He yeah. loved it. I was like, all right, bet. So. I mean, love's a strong word. Ooh, well, it is. It is. Oh my. How God. would you? How, how would you feel if I said I loved you? Oh, I'd be okay. Okay, good. All, all right, right cool. cool. I, excellent. All right, cool. All right, pound you. There we go. Okay, cool. We just fist bumped. Right, yeah. All right, so... <laughs> all right, so... Um, Mars, col- Mars colonization. Yes. That's a mouthful. Ooh. I love the concept of Mars, okay? I love space travel. I love anything having to do with space. It's lit. I think every thought of the day has been, re- like, really connected to space. It, it really has been, Man, you know, really because... really get out of this. <laughs> I, I, think about, I think about space every day, you know? There's, yeah, but anyway... And, yeah. I, you know... The, the goal of this thought of the day is going to be like, you know, it's going to make you guys think, should we do this? Should we not? Should we put so much emphasis on this? And I'm going to start from my point of view. 
Didn't even have to do any research on this because I, I already know oh. a lot about it. So here Ooh. we go. So off the cusp. The universe, <laughs> the universal goal of of people who want to get to Mars right now is that we are going to get to Mars by the 2030s. So that's that's within that's within 20 years, which is really crazy to think about that we could be going to a different planet within 20 years. Um, there are a lot of different ways that we could potentially build a rocket to get to Mars. Uh, I'm not going to go into that, but basically we would get there within 20 years, have you know maybe a couple hundred people there to start off a colony, um, whether it be through the government, whether it be through NASA, uh, whether it be through SpaceX, which is Elon Musk's mm. uh, you know brainchild right there, and you know it'd be super cool, you know, because humans, you know, we're you know we're made to explore. We've explored the moon. We've explored you know, different oceans on our home planet. We just like that feeling of exploring and feeling like there's something else out there. And I think that's a really good trait of humanity in general. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the, the more I think about this, the more I think that, you know, if we want to get to Mars one day, it may not even be in the 2030s. It may be, you know, past that. It's definitely not going to be sooner. It may be past that. My whole thing is that we should be looking at Mars from a purely curiosity standpoint instead of a necessity standpoint well i i mean that's that's an interesting thought but i also think it could be necessary at some point because i mean the population just keeps growing up and if Mm -hmm. you have like a second planet to go on like you know and it makes sense i mean why wouldn't you i mean because you know once you colonize a second planet and you know like the united states colonizes part of it you know and you do that then like you know you become like you, the human race is moving forward i think mm-hmm. i think it's just like a good thing to do i think we need to mm-hmm. like just to grow as a species mm-hmm. like honestly because there always has to be that big advancement like you know the internet you know the car you know stuff like that so i think like we need something like that like yeah. now you know what i mean yeah no i definitely agree with that i just i feel like um you know because as as humans we we are meant to you know you know make make something of ourselves and explore different things that we are that are not necessarily within our comfort zone at first we can you know just continue on grind on look at new things down the road um i just think that mars would be super super cool but for right now we have to focus on our own planet because you said overpopulation because yeah. if you look at any population graph china it's, dude dude it's like you go back to the let's say 1500 16 17 18 19 and now the line is so so straight and then once like the 1850s start, it's just it's just like a straight shot, like exponential yeah, it's growth. Crazy. Like it started really with the baby boom, and ever since then it's just been like freaking crazy. And also, you know, climate change taking a taking a big uh, potential impact on our Earth too. So I just think that if we want to explore Mars and other planets sometime in our in our future, I think that it should be purely from a curiosity standpoint, and it should not feel like we have to go out and venture out for our survival because i feel like that if we are in in that situation it's going to make us worse because if we feel like we're rushed into something we're we're going to we're going to make a mistake something's going to happen yeah, we I should agree. do something like you know try to colonize mars when we are when we know that we're at a good spot even on earth i yeah i, I would agree with that but at the same time i would think like i told you earlier um, you know, theoretically, we could bring back uh, Mars's atmosphere that I think it's been deteriorated or something to come back to something similar to Earth, and then the, uh, that would actually 
call and then do there's other sorts of technical i don't remember where the article is but these things that you would put all around and it would bring back the water bring back the plant life and it could be like like i told you earlier like a two point like earth 2.0 mm-hmm. so i think yeah i think we should do it from a curiosity standpoint to see what limits we can go to but i think like i said it's an advancement of the species and i think at some point it probably will become nece- like necessary but i don't mm-hmm. think the curiosity will ever go away i think it, it, we're always going to be curious, so no matter what. But I don't think it should be purely based on curiosity. I think we have to think about it logically. Think about is this really right to do? I think it's right to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, is there more benefits than there are negatives? You know, when doing this, like, are we sure we can do this? And you know, I, that's just what I think. And I yeah. think you can't just look at it from one point of view because that's just being ignorant. I think you got to look at it at all angles and make sure that's the exact right thing that the world needs and i think you're right we should probably do it when the world's at like a better place but like there will never be complete peace but you know True. we have to advance as a society which is what i think yeah all right so let us know what you think about our thought of the day mars colonization which is super super cool super radical uh kind of futuristic which i really really love and i'm sure tony does too yeah, so I, I love it so uh just a quick announcement before we go. Um, it looks like me and Kyle will be switching. I think I mentioned this earlier. So this is going to be our last podcast on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, everyone, for downloading SoundCloud just to listen to us and continuously listening to us. Uh, but unfortunately, it looks like uh, SoundCloud really isn't secure, and we don't really know what's going on because there's multiple articles saying it's going down, some saying it's not. So um, we're going to think about moving so for next week we'll keep you up to date of what the new host will be for our show and then uh episode five will be coming soon and hopefully um, everything goes well and we're also going to be trying to get guests on so if you're a listener and you have some ideas let us know we'll be happy to have you on um and tell us what you have uh to think about our podcast and tell the viewers out there if you're very interested in that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, um, I'm Tony Tedisco. I'm Kyle Kaka. And this is Millennial Perspectives. Mm-hmm.